Hey everyone, welcome to our weekly It's Personal podcast. We are in week five, engaging with the weekly gathering. Hey everybody, it's Matt and Justin, and we're back again to talk about the weekly gathering. Now this is kind of a big one uh, during this season where we've had kind of an inability to meet for a period of time. And so we really want to jump on this one and we want to cover quite a few things. We want to talk about it on a theological level, but we also want to get to it on a practical level and answer some of the questions we've been lobbed out there in the journal. And one of the big ones is why is meeting face-to-face in person each week uh, so important? But before we get to that, we kind of want to build just a little bit. And so I'm going to start by talking about this on the theological level. Um, When you talk about the church, it's normally defined two different ways when you look at the study of Scripture. There's the universal church, which is defined as all believers for all time. And that is one of the ways we look at church. And that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the local church, which means a body of believers who identify as a community who meets together, works together to execute the Great Commission and worship God. And so when we talk about the local church, the local church has to do with geography, mission, and all those other things. And then if we want to break it down further as to what those relationships are within the local church, There's the idea that you're working together in your efforts to minister and execute the mission and the calling of the church. There's also a discipleship aspect. And then the third one, which is the one we're talking about, is the worship service, the literal coming together face to face to hear the word of God taught and to worship together and unify within God. And when you look throughout scripture, um, that's a big thing that happens from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Like you over and over again have at the very beginning, you literally have Cain and Abel, uh, 50% of the world's population coming together for a worship service where they're giving offerings to God. And then you go all the way to Revelation and you have at that point, what is the the big picture, the universal church, all believers for all time from all tribes, tongues, languages, and nations singing together in their worship of God. So when we talk about this corporate gathering, it's a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, It's absolutely a big deal. And I think this season where we weren't able to physically meet for a brief period of time, for me, it really highlighted how desperate I am each week to step into that room Mm -hmm. and to begin to worship. And so if we're going to ask this question, and this was the big question we started with, why is it important for us together with other believers face to face in person? And we really want to draw that line because throughout scripture, and this is another point, when you're talking about discipleship, going into the world, making disciples and the worship gathering at Rich Fork, we summarize those things like this. We say grow, gather and go. Um, and as we're talking about the gather, why is that face to face important throughout scripture? You see over and over the idea of sitting down face to face with someone or working beside someone face-to-face, or being together face-to-face to to worship. And it's just permeated all throughout Scripture. Um, And so the idea that you could survive in a digital connection or an impersonal connection really biblically makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think, Justin, I'm going to jump because you brought up this great analogy of like a Thanksgiving meal. Mm -hmm. So if you want to talk about that one. Yeah, I think face-to-face connection is the natural connection. And so the same reason you could ask yourself, why is it important that if you were going to gather with family for a Thanksgiving meal, 
you know, why would you be there? Why someone could video that and send you the video of all the food, all the laughter, the embracing, uh, the hugs of family and friends. Um, you know, you can get a video of that and sit at home and watch that. Um, but, but what are you missing in that? And I think that it's the same thing within the church. We can sit at home. We can, we can enjoy, uh, especially in this season where we've had to enjoy and we've had to engage virtually and digitally. Um, but we just miss out on those conversations. We miss out on the sights, the sounds, the smells of that Thanksgiving dinner. If we're not physically in the room, we're not present. We don't have our presence in that place. And so, um, I think just as it's important to gather there for holidays and to, and we would want to be there with family, uh, we should want to be together, uh, in the room as we worship corporately. Yeah. And, and that's a great example because I think when we put this practically, we already understand the importance of face-to-face versus uh, a digital communication or a message sent. Because you got to remember, in the Old Testament and New Testament, the ability to send a message without face-to-face still existed. And so when Scripture talks about, like, you know, if there's your brother's sinned against you, go and talk to him face-to-face. It doesn't mm-hmm. say, hey, send your buddy to let him know that you made him angry. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, that same application applies. And I love that idea of, like, the Thanksgiving meal um, analogy. And one that just popped in my head was a few years ago, um, I had a friend call me and said, hey, I've got tickets to go see Hillsong United there in Greensboro. And I was like, okay, cool. Now, for me, I don't know that historically I was a huge Hillsong fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what happened. We get to the concert, okay, and 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 one, I, I say concert, it turned into a worship service. Mm-hmm. And we get our seats. I get there. I get our tickets. And I'm looking down, and there's an A on one of my tickets for the row. We get there, and we're legit front row at Hillsong. Like, literally, I could reach out and, like, smack the guy's shoes that was playing wow. guitar. And here's here's the deal. Before that concert, I kind of knew about Hillsong, and I was like, yeah, they do some a lot of good songs, and they're from Australia. Yeah, I get it. But having gone and experienced it in person was game changer. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably still one of my favorite uh, public events that I've that I've ever been to outside mm-hmm. of the church gathering. And then when we talk about that on the discipleship, the digital versus the face-to-face, um, you look on that on the discipleship front, think about like a soldier who's been deployed whose family and him connect through video chat mm-hmm. or over the phone. Like if you ask any family or soldier, they're going to tell you after they get off that, I miss my family yeah. because they don't count that as physically being present with their family. It's just not the same. And so we can take a lot of those examples to help us understand the difference between being at home watching a worship service versus being beside people and experiencing it and in person and interacting. Because no matter how hard you try not to interact with people when you walk in the building, it's impossible, right? Right. They still influence you. You know, you still are looking around, you're still checking on people. And so The other side I want to kind of look at this is understand that there's a danger there as a believer if you move towards isolation. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that obviously we as believers are not designed. God did not desire for us to be. And there are numerous examples all throughout history of people who spiritually uh, kind of went on their own journey. They went on the mindset of, well, I don't have to be a part of the church to be a believer, which one's completely counter 
descriptive of what a believer is because a believer is part of the church. But Mm -hmm. when you make that active decision to not get involved with the church, um, it always kind of has a very similar pattern. Like there is always a theological drift or what happens is, is you fall away from God for a season and it literally takes a point of spiritual distress mm-hmm. to wake you up. And what happens is, is like somebody will, and normally the worship service is the last checkout point. Like somebody will come and they'll be involved in church and then they kind of attend the worship service and then they just kind of stop attending and then they kind of go off the map for a few years. And then what happens is they hit a point of spiritual distress and there's nobody to call mm-hmm. who you're connected to as a believer. Mm-hmm. There's nobody to 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 walk through the difficulties of the world with. Um, and so what a lot of times happens is that's a jolt God uses to get people back connected to him and the church. Um, and so with that, as we, as we talk through that and understand that, what I really want to look at is a lot of the things that I think, Justin, you and I both experienced mm-hmm. during the online phase that is kind of the mental game um, I think a lot of people are playing as they process coming back into church. Because here's the two main things I experienced and I've heard people say over and over again about um, what was good about that online season that now might be one of those things that's kind of the excuse or reason they're not reengaging is because when you're sitting in your living room with your family watching the online service, one thing that I think happened during the season is – people begin to identify that their previous schedule, there was no rest. Right. And so what happened was, is we took this season and we took us not coming to worship and we inserted a time of rest Mm -hmm. because on Sundays now we could just shut everything down. Mm -hmm. But I think what that is, is not an identification that we need to replace the corporate worship service with rest because that's dangerous in its own way. But I think it's actually that we need to figure out how to have a rest in our schedule. Right. And one of the the ways, the reasons that I think that the online virtual church worked and has worked so well, not just for Rich Fork, but for just the church globally in this COVID season um, is because the world was turned upside down. Right. Like we didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. And we were very aware of that. And um, and so in the midst of the world being upside down, we went online. But if you look at it from this angle, we didn't neglect worshiping. So we couldn't worship together, but we didn't neglect or stop worshiping. We still found a way to be, quote unquote, together in, quote unquote, the same room. It might have been an online uh, platform or virtual space, but we were still trying to be together because either one, things were crazy, or two, we had restrictions placed on us that we couldn't be in the same place. So as things are opening back up, I think we need to recognize that, yes, while that was a period of rest and we could catch our breath in the midst of the schedule and everything that was going on, we still, when the world was upside down, valued meeting together and found a way to do that. So now as the world is, you know, continuing to, we hope and we pray even out and things are starting to open back up again, we still need to keep that same mindset that we cannot neglect being together. And while there's still online options and while there's still ser- uh, sermons and services online, we I think we thrive during that virtual season because that was a place for us to connect together. We had online chats, right? Like we had, you could connect with the host. You could do still do live prayer. We were doing everything that we could to still stay connected during a season when we were 
push to be apart from one another. And so as we're able to come back together, let us not forget that and let us not neglect being able to be together, but just now physically in the same room. Yeah. And I think as you were, you were talking through that, like what came to mind and this is where my cynical side comes out is like somebody might be sitting out there listening, going like, and this is a question you get all the time on this topic is, well, what about the person who's in an, in a, a missionary in a foreign country and they've been imprisoned and mm-hmm. they physically can't meet? Like you're telling me that it's like a commandment together together. And what about that person? But we would not term that as a good situation. Mm-hmm. Like we would look at that situation if somebody has an illness and they can't gather, which is one we deal with in our, our current circumstances a lot. Like if we have... Um, somebody who's not doing well, mm-hmm. then what happens with us is we reach out to them. We actually bring them digital copies of the service and people will go sit with them and watch it with them. Um, and so I do think you had a great line. And I, I'm, I'm going to butcher it. There was something along the lines of like, uh, I'm going I'm to say it really mean. I don't mean it. So Justin's going to make this sound nice, but like, worry, like analyze your own situation instead of right. making excuses. Right. How'd you say it? it no, was that, nicer. That's, no, that's good. It's just kind of, you know, Exactly. Just recognize the situation that you're in. You know, you may not be in prison on the mission field. You may not have an illness that prevents you from getting out. So stop projecting other people's situations as your own. Take a minute, recognize where you're at. And you've mentioned this, Matt, and we'll get into it. You know, prayerfully seek when the Lord wants you to step back into that room. And if that's this week, that's great. If it's in a couple weeks, that's great, too. Yeah. And and moving moving on to the next one, you know, as we as we kind of go through this, one of the other things I've heard that was a positive from the the online season we were just in is that families were having that spiritual time together. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of the advantages, and this was me, like with kids, like uh, you're sitting in your living room, uh, probably in your PJs, you're watching the sermon that morning. You have a remote with a pause button, mm-hmm. and your kid goes, "What does that word mean?" And you go, "Boop, pause it." And you say, well, it means this, 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 and then you get to redo it. And when you're in a corporate worship setting, you don't necessarily get to have that conversation right then. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's that pressure of like, if you're if you're like me and your kids are um, uh, a little energetic, mm-hmm. um, maybe squirmers, mm-hmm. like you're not worried that like, like you can pause it in the middle of it and go like, hey, stop. Um, whereas a lot of times we feel pressured to do that. But I think what I started to realize after talking with a lot of people um, what happened was, is instead of realizing that, no, we need to do worship service in this way, my family realized is like, we need to make sure we're making time to have a spiritual moment as a family, mm-hmm. at least weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really we created kind of this list um, of questions that like we ask on the ride home from church now, like, hey, what did you think about the sermon? Mm-hmm. Was there a word you didn't understand? Um, and even we'll do that at bedtime sometimes with our kids and tuck them in. And so I think that's one of those things, just like with the rest, where you don't want to come back into a schedule and try to replace one with the other. You want to learn how to do both well. Yeah, and I think as you were talking, this kind of came to my mind that our weekly gathering should be a catalyst or a jumping off point for our week to have those spiritual moments with our family. Uh, On our worship team, for instance, I like to tell our team that on a Sunday morning, when you're leading in worship, that's really not your time for personal private worship. Um, Then you should have had your personal and private worship at home um, while you're while throughout your week. So what you're doing on a Sunday morning is, is live uh, leading out and leaning into 
this time of worship and helping to lead other people in worship. In the same way with um, this this gathering of the body, you know, you want to have these spiritual moments with your family. And yes, be able to pause a video or to be able to to double click on something with your child is great. But also as we gather together, those should be catal- um, catalyst moments and jumping off points for us to then say, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, you know, we're having spiritual moments with our family. Just that Sunday morning isn't the only time that you can have a spiritual moment with your family is, yeah. is what all that rambling was about. No, no, I think that's, that's, that's a great point. And once again, there are things we learned that God opened our eyes to during this season um, that we want to, we want to take with us. You know, we really do. We really want to rethink our, our schedule. And that's why when we started this, you know, we didn't want to put pressure, and that's not what we're doing right here. Put mm-hmm. pressure that you got to show up this Sunday because mm-hmm. da da da. We want people to walk with God through what needs to go back on your schedule and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we just know that when we look at Scripture, church is not optional. Mm-hmm. Like being a part of the local church is a non-option. It's one of those it has to go back on there. And maybe this is the word that keeps coming coming back into my mind. Because as a believer, there's extreme danger in isolation. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is if you're moving away from the face-to-face to a a season where you're not face-to-face, that isolation point is dangerous. Um, Because I think with me in my 15 years of ministry, that's the point where people are on the edge and they're either getting ready to like really go through a season where they're distant from God um, where it's kind of a fall away moment or they're getting ready to make a decision that they're going to dive back in. And it's that teetering point. Mm -hmm. And I feel like God has put us all in one way, shape or form on that point to go, okay, are you going to walk back in this room and worship me? And this kind of brings us to our closing and our main questions for you for the week. Um, Because you're probably in one of two places. You've either already started attending worship services again or you haven't made it back yet. Mm-hmm. And so if you've already attended a work again, I mean already attended worship services again, excuse me, here's the question we have. Is it a weekly priority? Mm-hmm. Like are you as a family, as an individual, as a group of friends, are you having the discussion to make sure you know that attending worship service on a weekly basis, and I'm not just pulling that out because that's our schedule. If you go back and look in Genesis, when God creates the world, he really sets up a weekly pattern and mm-hmm. I'm not going to the extreme to say you got to be here 52 weeks a year. You're going to be on vacations, things of that nature, but making that a priority of your weekly cycle is incredibly important. And, and, and it's, in my brain, it's an absolute, like mm-hmm. you have to do that. So my question is, is are you making weekly worship service attendance a priority for those who haven't stepped back into a worship service or to a room where people are, are worshiping together since February, your question is this, and it's a little bit more of an abrasive one. Have you and God had the conversation about when you're stepping back in? Because you got to step back in. Um, and as we get to that, I think that's just it. And I know once again, it might not be this week. It might be. And then this is where you get to those different situations where, where Justin said earlier, we we're talking about the, the person who's in prison and isolated and can't, att- can't attend. This is where you and God are talking through your individual situation, given mm-hmm. who you're going to be around, your your health, um, given everything that's going on, where your where your mental mindset is at. Um, you know, we really want to ask that question of when are you going to step back in? Yeah, and double clicking on this this danger of isolation. Just just one closing thought on that. Um, when you're isolated and you're by yourself, you are subject to your own 
spiritual knowledge. You're subject to your own thoughts, your own biases. You're subject to how you would deal with the situation. I think one of the beautiful things about gathering together corporately in worship is we are pushed towards accountability. It's Mm. truth and it's love. You have people that spur you on to help you see things that maybe you didn't see or that you can uh, take your experience and your story and help them see something. And so when you're isolated, none of that happens. You're just left um, to your to your own kind of knowledge and insight and wisdom. And I think God wants us to be spurred on by one another uh, to go deeper, not just with, with each other, but just in our spiritual walk as well. Absolutely. And just to close this out, you know, for, for anybody out there who, who still hasn't walked back into the corporate worship room since February, I just want to end this on like a huge positive to give you an idea of what it feels like your first Sunday back. Um, and the first word I got to start out here with is risk. Um, no matter what, when you're walking back into the room after this season, your first Sunday back, you're going to be aware and alert and nervous that there's this risk you're taking in doing it. But I will say this about that risk. It makes worship with others face-to-face so much more real and sweeter. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to describe it other than that. Because I remember my first Sunday we were meeting back. It's like you could feel everybody's a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily like the, you know, am I am I going to get sick? It's also the, like, are we going to get in trouble? Am I going to make somebody mm-hmm. angry? Like, all these things that are happening. Am I doing the right stuff? Mm-hmm. Am I walking the right line? But, man, when that first chord of that first song mm-hmm. hits... It was like this complete dive in. In in my personal experience, it's like I kind of had this flashback to like the underground church in China of Mm -hmm. like, you know, I've seen videos and you see everybody diving in and engaged. It's because they're taking a risk Mm -hmm. to be obedient together, together to worship God. And when you take a risk to worship God, man, it is intensely, intensely a big moment. I don't know how to describe it other than that. Justin, what was your first Sunday back experience like like if you had to summarize it yeah I would say it's it's very similar there you're the awareness of a risk and again it wasn't so much of am I going to get COVID it was just do we do we remember how to do this like do we (laughs) do we know how to be together uh, as a body of believers do we know how to engage in song and and message to be able to lift high the name of Jesus and and one of the encouraging things for me is it's kind of like riding a bike Right. Like that's yeah. that's what that reminded me of. It was we step back in the room, you start singing together and it's just God shows up and he works. And it's just like I said earlier, it's the natural way to be together face to face, not not on a screen again, not knocking that that's needed for situations in certain seasons. But to be together, um, I think God just connects each heart to each heart. And it's, it's just electrifying. Yeah. And I think. You know, just adding to kind of building this, like one of the things is there's this um, kind of mood, like when you're out in public that has been around for like months, like there's this tension, this uncomfortableness. Uh, Brittany described going to the grocery store like she was in a post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie, Mm. Um, you know, that was like really cold and uncomfortable and mechanical. Um, Gathering with other believers is not like that. Mm. Like I, I thought it would be. I literally walked in and thought, okay, like I don't want this feeling on the church. But instead, what it became was like that sense of hope in the week. Yeah, we're we're uniting to worship and and lift high something that transcends this world. So it transcends um, our fears, our worries, our doubts, our sicknesses. It it's above all that, and it, and it is 
otherworldly. It's supernatural. It's, this is something heavenly that we get to experience in God's kingdom here on earth when we're worshiping together. Absolutely. So once again, I'm just going to review the last two questions we ask is one, if you're already uh, venturing out and attending a worship service, are you making that a weekly priority? And then the question that we do have to ask on a spiritual level for you at home who might not have, t- have started attending yet, when is God leading you back? Are you asking God that question? Because at some point you got to come back. And we can't wait for that because, I mean, even as we're sitting here talking about Mm -hmm. it, I'm about to go grab a guitar and say, Justin, will you lead us in a song? Um, And I'm already eager for this Sunday. But, of course, we had an amazing outdoor service yesterday. And so it was absolutely great. But thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.